Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 260. And tonight, we do not have a Night Vale episode to recap, but we actually have a bunch of other things that we're going to talk about this evening. So first of all, we should start out with the weekly syrup. I have the usual stone IPA, obviously. I've got my last can of Cottontown Lager. I have to get back to Deep River at some point to get some more. Well, the sit rep, they did announce starting on April 1st, California residents age 50 and over will be able to get their uh, shots. And I'm not going to say how old we are, but we're not quite 50. So not me yet. However, April 1st. 15th is when it's pretty much everybody in California, which means there's going to be a free-for-all. So I'm not assuming that come April 15th, I will immediately be vaccinated, but I'm certainly going to register. Yeah, they announced that it's going to be either April 7th or April 9th in North Carolina is going to be open for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking the exact same thing. I would probably call my doctor's office and make an appointment for the first one they have available. And I'm not betting it's going to be in the first two weeks. So we're, we're kind of low risk. So I'm not going to be like, you know, really trying. But I don't know, it seems like maybe mom and dad might need some help coming up soon with uh, dad possibly getting back surgery. So it would be nice to get vaccinated and be able to fly down to help them. Yeah, that's my hope at this point. Um, I think his surgery is actually scheduled before I could technically get my first vaccine. And I, of course, probably wouldn't go down there until after I get my second. I don't know, not maybe not for the surgery, but maybe during the possible long recuperation from the surgery we can go and help. That was kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hope. Certainly, it would be nice if Hannah could get vaccinated and maybe they could schedule a hockey tournament weekend for her where she could go hang out with her friends and be like, go get out of town, go hang out with your friends. We'll take care of mom and dad since you've been doing it for a year. A year, an entire year. Oh my God. And it's, I need to stop checking the numbers because I think the numbers of new cases are going up again. And it's because everybody is flooding the streets and Mm -hmm. flooding the beaches and not wearing masks. And Texas opened everything up because that's a good idea. Yeah, I did. There's a... Nathan Pyle is the name of a cartoonist that I follow. He's the one who does the Strange Planet cartoon. Oh, I love the aliens and oh, there's a wonderful. But he's been reposting. It's the, I believe it's the U.S. Vaccine Tracker, and it's an official site. And I think we're at ugh, last time I checked, like fourteen point seven percent of eligible Americans have been vaccinated, which ain't bad. You yeah, know, anything over ten, I think, is pretty damn good. Considering what is it. 320-something million people in this country, who yeah. all of whom could probably do with getting a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's at least looking a little better. In other weird news, there's a boat stuck in a canal. I saw that and I thought, ah, that's funny because, you know, it's a boat and it's stuck and nobody got hurt. And it's having global repercussions at this yeah. point. I mean... Yeah. You could not have picked a better place to disrupt global shipping trade than where that boat is stuck. Yeah. The good news is that apparently a lot of stuff that we get in this country, you know, because of course we get a lot of materials and products and everything from Asia, because that's how the United States does. But a lot of our stuff comes over the Pacific and it doesn't go through the Suez Canal. So we're not really looking at a toilet paper shortage situation here, but it's going to affect, yeah, it's going to affect a lot of manufacturing, a lot of car manufacturing, and also, you know, global economy, everything's attached. So it's uh, remains to be seen how much this is going to affect everybody. And I don't want to sound like a complete um, 
geography idiot, which I kind of am, but I think oil prices in Syria are starting to go up because they can't get any oil because nothing can get through to the tankers can't get through to them. Yeah. So I'm sure there will be that will just ripple out across the entire country. Oil prices will probably end up going up right around the time when everyone's starting to travel some more as things open up. So great. Yeah. And speaking of travel, of course, the other thing we were going to talk about this week is that San Diego Comic-Con, now a lot of people don't know this. So San Diego Comic-Con, the same company also runs WonderCon. And then mom was just like, oh, do they run New York Comic-Con too? And I'm like, no, it's it's just the two. WonderCon, San Diego Comic-Con, same company, they run those. They've, of course, canceled everything this year. They just announced yesterday, as of the time of this recording, that they want to do a small convention in San Diego at the convention center on Thanksgiving weekend. Which I first saw that and I thought, oh, great, they'll give some vendors a chance to make up some money that they weren't able to make. And then everybody on the internet started pointing out everybody wants to be able to see their families again for the great big family holiday that happens on that weekend. And you want to give them the choice of work for a living or see your family or go to a convention or see your family. And that just seems like not such a great idea. I'm not sure what they were thinking. Yeah, I think it's actually, it took me a while to think about this, but it's possible they did it on purpose because they don't want it to be huge. If you had it on a weekend that wasn't a holiday, yeah, everybody can complain about it. But you know, people wanting to make up money, people wanting to go to a convention, it would probably be just giant. By having it on a holiday weekend, when people want to have other plans, they have a chance of keeping it smaller is the only thing I can think of. But yeah, everybody's mad because it's not just it's retailers, it's artists, it's organizers, but it's also press people who are going to have to cover it. And it's like the first Thanksgiving since the pandemic started to look a bit a little better. I don't want to jinx it by saying, oh, the pandemic will be over by then. We don't know that. But yeah, eh. I saw one person say they're waiting for the press release for when San Diego Comic-Con says, um, never mind, we, we decided we're going to move it to a different weekend. But I don't know that that'll happen. I think they'll probably stick to it. I don't know. When I saw the backlash that was happening, what it reminded me of was Black Friday when stores started opening up on Thanksgiving night and yeah. everyone complaining about the fact that, oh, now you're disrupting family time for everybody because people have to either get up from their Thanksgiving dinner and instantly go to the stores or they have to skip Thanksgiving dinner altogether because they have to work. And I saw this news article where a woman was complaining. They were interviewing her as she was standing in line and she was complaining about stores doing this and really disrupting the family holiday. And I'm just reading that going, but you're part of the problem. They wouldn't do this if people didn't take them up on it. So I have to wonder if there's going to be people just not taking them up on it and maybe not even to the point where it would be worth their while to do it. Possible LA Comic Con, which once again, not run by the same people, but (laughs) I believe at some point last year, they had said, oh, hey, we're going to have a small convention. We're going to keep things safe and all that. And this is like, I don't know. It was sometime between summer and fall. I don't remember when. But yeah, we were very much in the pandemic. And they announced it. And I want to say a week and a half later, they put an announcement. They're like, we've changed our mind and decided we're not going to do it. So it's not unprecedented for people to change their mind. Like you said, there could be a lot of retailers who want them to do it because people have lost so much money. San Diego's lost so much money. Um, So it's possible that 
yeah, there's a backlash, but maybe it'll go through and maybe it'll be fine. I'm not sure that I'm comfortable in going myself. Uh, It's going to be a while before I'm okay with any great big events. I'll just stick to the small family get togethers for a little while longer and maybe make myself some nice decorative steampunk mask out of Warbler because I feel like masks are going to need to be a thing for a while. I remember last year, right when the pandemic was going and we weren't sure if they were going to have WonderCon or not, me and Leland were talking about the fact we're like, we need to make a costume that incorporates a mask. Imagine how many people are going to be the Winter Soldier the next time oh, everybody yeah. can get together with that big face mask looking thing. Oh, Mom even pointed out, she said, well, your guys' uh, costumes with the robots with the heads and everything, those would be good too. And I'm like, yeah, nobody could tell you're wearing a mask. That's so true. That's absolutely yeah. true. Or you could just like a- add some filters uh, to the little air openings in the mask itself and not even b- have to bother wearing a mask. Yeah, might not even have to worry about the filters. Those things are hard to breathe in. <laughs> but, you know, really hard to see in too. Got to work on that. But Oh, anyway, so... I'm trying to think of a segue. I'm like, meh, whatever. In other news, uh, I talked with Leland, who uh, he does the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast and the Spooky Z podcast and a mover reviews for us. And he works, is one of the managers, actually, at House of Secrets comic shop in Burbank. I reached out to him to ask, because they just dropped the news, that Marvel parted ways with Diamond Distributors. Mm-hmm. Now, how much do you know about that situation? Just the fact that Diamond Distributors kind of had a stranglehold on the business yeah. and that a lot of people wouldn't choose to work with them if it wasn't for the fact that they kind of have a monopoly. Right, right. I remember years ago, Leland complaining about the fact that, you know, they had a really good customer service rep that he worked with. And I feel he was lucky in that situation because a lot of people didn't like their customer service. But she was nice. The problem that he had was he had to call her all the time because orders got messed up. Things didn't get sent to them. Things got sent and it was damaged. He particularly hated how people package stuff. Like there was absolutely no clue when it came to how to package things. He'd also heard that they specifically would hire people who don't care or like comic books because they were trying to keep theft down. Wow, that's an interesting method. Yeah, but it was true that there wasn't anybody else to go through, so you had to go through them. DC parted ways with them last year, and I forgot that that had happened. I went and looked back at some of the articles on the time, and everybody thought that it was just going to be awful, that they were going to charge the new people, were going to charge them more money, that the new people were also technically kind of retailers, because not only would they distribute to people, but they would sell to people directly, which means they're actually in competition with the people that they're distributing to. Uh-huh. I, there was no notice whatsoever. It was just instantly like DC's going, yep, that's it. We're not working with Diamond anymore. We're working with these guys. Everybody had to pick it up on the fly. And everybody thought it was going to be awful. Well, a year later, I talked to Leland, and he said the guys that DC moved to are actually really good. Their system is really easy to use. They're nice. He doesn't have the same problems. So he is cautiously optimistic about Marvel. Marvel's moving to Penguin Random House, I believe. Uh, He's not thrilled about the idea of having to order from multiple people when you order comics. But the DC thing apparently went pretty well. Okay. Well, yeah. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and if you've ever met Leland, he is not an optimistic person. He is definitely... <laughs> he will look on the worst side possible every time, Absolutely. Moni. Yeah, because that's how you get prepared for stuff, as far as he's concerned. And I could say that to his face, and he would agree. He's like, oh, no, I'm not optimistic. Oh, no, no, so. And he's not. So the fact that he was saying that it's been pretty good, and he thinks it's actually going to be good. Also, apparently that the new distributors aren't going to charge comic book people for freight, which hmm. was apparently a thing, so... 
Hey, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I mentioned on Twitter that we were going to discuss that, and so now we have discussed it. Moving on to the next subject. I have finally finished watching the first two seasons of BoJack Horseman. And okay. what do you think? Ah, it is so hard to summarize this show because things sure just keep changing. I feel like BoJack Horseman as a character would be less frustrating if he was entirely awful because it's I you think about it it's not like he's completely an impulsive narcissistic asshole it's just the fact that that's what he defaults to and it makes it even worse because you see him having some self-awareness you see him reaching out you see him realizing that he's hurting people and he can't seem to stop no and that's watching his journey through the show, because as I told you before we recorded, I wanted to watch some episodes to make sure that I could discuss it with you. And so I watched the first two seasons. And now, as of last night, I'm on the final season. So it goes, (laughs) once it starts going, it goes really fast. It's hard to stop watching. Wow. um, Yeah, I I started season three, but I've only gotten a couple episodes into it. But season two, damn. Okay, I mean, all right, so he starts dating the owl chick who is played yes. by the actress who played Phoebe on Friends. Yes, whose name I cannot remember right now, but yes. Yeah, which who's just such a delightful character. She handles all of that wonderfully. Yes. Well, I got to the point where, okay, so, God, all of this is such a soap opera. It's impossible yes. to summarize most of the time, but Diane went off to Cordovia to save, you know, civilization, save the world, whatever, and bailed, like, within a week, I think. But she didn't tell Mm -hmm. anybody. She just crashed at Bojack's house for months and was just doing nothing but drinking. And his Bojack's girlfriend finally thought, this is a terrible influence on Bojack, and she tries to get him out. And they had a fight. And that kind of lashing out that he did was so painful and yet it felt so believable but i loved i mean he was like trying to pick at her for not understanding where he was coming from he was picking at her job and telling her that her job was worthless and then associating her you know because she's a network executive and associating her with a network executive that ruined his life ages ago and trying to put that on her and i love the way he put it at some point where he's summarizing how stupid her job is where all she does is make garbage on TV and try to make garbage that's just good enough that it keeps getting renewed and all of this and on and on and failing sideways. And I will have to remember that phrase, failing sideways. Man, he just... And he just tore into her and she was trying to tell him that he got everything that he ever wanted by being a TV star and working with network executives. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I've got everything I want. That must be why I'm so goddamn happy all the time. (laughs) But then she finally said she just had to leave, that what he went through did not excuse him from treating her like crap. And I love how they articulate that in the show, that, you know, what you were doing is awful and I don't deserve it. And he just tells her, well, why are you still here? And she just looks at him and she said something that I think you had brought up ages ago and I hadn't realized this is where it had come from. She said, wow, when you look at the world through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. And I thought, God, that is so deep. That really was. I mean, he is the king of... I felt in that conversation there was also a bit of, well, you knew I was an asshole, and so now you've seen I'm an asshole. And so technically this is kind of your fault. You you knew what you were getting into. He just... 
he really wants to live down to what he thinks everybody's expectations of him are. Well, constantly. he just he wants all this stuff. He wants to be a respected actor. He wants to be famous. He wants people to love him, but he doesn't really think he deserves any of that. So it's right. just like self-sabotage and lashing out at people for being stupid enough to care about him and yep. just and impulsive all the time. And then we got to the episodes at the end of season two, where he just fucks off to, um, what is it, New Mexico? Mm-hmm. To meet his old friend Charlotte, yep. who I love Charlotte. The, from the moment that character, she's she's a deer in the, uh, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And from the moment she appeared, I don't know how they managed to do it, but her design was so appealing. Beautiful, yeah. Her dialogue was always wonderful. She always seemed like the person the only person in the entire show that has her shit together and says what she means all the time, but says it Mm -hmm. with compassion. And I just... Do you know who does her voice? It was Olivia Wilde. I had to look that up because I didn't get that at first. I was just like, wow, this voice is so soothing and so appealing and amazing. Mm -hmm. But that really sums up Bojack's impulsiveness that... He knew her for a very brief amount of time, and then she said she was moving to Maine. And he always had this image in his head of this idyllic life that he could have had with her if he'd gone with her to Maine. And then come to find out when he sees her later, she's like, oh, I'm in New Mexico. I was only in Maine for like a month. But he has built up this whole relationship, this connection in his mind and has invested so much emotion into it. And then he goes out to prom with her daughter. And I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, how bad is this going to go? Well, almost as bad as it could have been. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there was a hospital trip involved. And something really, 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 really super bad almost happened and didn't. And that will continue to have repercussions for the next few seasons. The new seasons, yeah. I see he's already fretting about it now, about how could he screw up that badly with the one person that was generous enough to give him anything he wanted as a friend. And wow. Yeah, he, yep. he could not have designed a better way to mess that one up. But 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 I mean, I'm complaining about all this, but it's all so much fun. All of it this. Is. That whole episode with, okay, Mr. Peanut Butter, who's a dog. And his, I love him. Yeah. And he is really just the stupid, good natured heart of that season, season mm-hmm. two, I think. Yeah. But yeah. so he throws this huge extravagant party for Diane, which she doesn't want. But he manages to talk her around to the fact that he's like, I just want to make you happy. And, you know, I, I see the things that you like, and I want to give them to you. And at one point, they're just on a swimming pool filled with jello. And the conversation <laughs> they're having, it's like she gets mad at one point and starts stomping away, but her feet keep going down into the jello. And then he stands up and he starts saying something and drops down underneath and pops back up again. I had to stop and watch that like a couple of times. The animation <laughs> is simple, but they do so much with it. Yeah, and there's a couple moments, and once you once you see the whole series, I'll go back to these moments. But the animation, like you said, it's, it's simplistic, but there'll be these moments every once in a while where something will happen. And I feel like like everybody who does the animation is good, but there's a few scenes where they like hand it to their A plus team. And like, Do something here just for a second and you'll see some really, really good stuff. And the way they play around with different animation styles every once in a while, which I don't think you've gotten to. I, think I don't think so. Prob- Season three, I think, is where something happens where they change up some animation styles. 
I don't know. A lot of animation shows have simplistic animation, and sometimes eh, I think South Park has done really good. This is not as simplistic as South Park, but it is pretty simple. But I cannot stop watching it. I think what they do, they do extremely well. They do, yeah. I think there was a scene. So you've they've had the scene with the funeral, right? Oh yeah, where they yeah. Were like that thought that they were trying to find his gold, and then they thought they were trying to find his murderer, and it turned out yeah. they were trying to find his book, which wasn't very good. Yeah, there was a scene with Sarah Lynn at one point, just all the stuff with the funeral in the bedroom where she's, I don't know, she's taking drugs or something. I love watching her when she's high. She's just <laughs> completely out there. Some of the funniest animation comes from her just having no clue where she is. <laughs> And I did get to that point in season three that you told me about where somebody drops a bagel on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a rat and a roach and a pigeon and they all say, oh, <laughs> <laughs> That is another thing. All the little interstitial stuff that constantly happens. I mean, just little things of, of animals acting like people and what happens in the background. And it lasts like a fraction of a second. You can read like book titles in people's offices and you have to stop and pause it to see what's going on stuff going on in the background um, little notes that people leave for each other every time somebody has a flashback and you go back to the time period oh, they man. must have just loved doing those scenes because they're doing all of the, I mean where most people like maybe go for a little, a little overboard with trying to put in references from that time period they're just throwing them in all over the place it always oh, place. has somebody driving a car down the street with with all of these different businesses that are so obviously from that decade, and they'll be playing a song that they've recorded, but it's just like, this is a stupid 90s song. That's what the lyrics are. <laughs> yeah, I think the 90s one has been my favorite song so far. Just the way he's singing the song, they really just try to grab and distill what did songs at that time really sound like. Just have him sing a song saying, this is a 90s song that I'm singing. It's great. <laughs> so I think the first kick in the teeth moment you get with that show that I remembered, and I I, I believe there was a whole episode centered around Princess Carolyn mm-hmm. and how everything, she was just having this really super rotten day. Mm-hmm. And the very, very end of the episode, I think it's her phone that wishes her a happy birthday. And you realize that this entire episode, everything, sorry, siren, everybody <laughs> drank. You realize this entire episode where everything was happening and all things were awful. It was all happening on her birthday and nobody wished her a happy birthday. Nobody wished her a happy birthday. And I think it may have been the last line of that was happy birthday. Thank you, phone. You are now 40 years old. I'm like, oh, Oh. and it was her 40th birthday. (laughs) So hard. That was... That was like a moment when I realized, because that episode was really well done, too. But I was like, oh, ouch, that hurt. And that's going to kind of happen from time to time on that show from now on, that you're going to have a moment when you're like, oh, ow, ouch, that hurts. Oh, Jeez. So, I yeah. saw the whole storyline with her and her bunny rabbit co-worker from the same mm-hmm. agency they work at, where he's always complaining about his wife and they're getting divorced and suddenly he wants to start their own business and he wants her as part of it and they kiss and make out and they're obviously an item now and then she is so happy that they're finally getting started and she just wants to bask in this moment and at the same time he's taking a call from his wife who he hasn't divorced and nope. has no intention to. Oh, and by the way, the entire business is in her name because he had wanted to keep things on the down low from his wife. I'm like, 
oh, but then it turned yeah. out fine because she yeah, just, did. she yeah. kicked him in the teeth exactly the way he deserved it by her saying, well, I'm going to go over to my new business and you're not welcome. It's in my name. So there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> That's why, another thing I love that all the storylines in the show, it's not just about Bojack. There's a whole Diane thing going on, a Princess Carolyn, all the stuff that goes on with Todd, who oh, I love. Todd. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's one of my favorites on the show. And his storylines just keep getting better. I oh, think. boy. Just... I was so glad that Bojack finally started saying something nice to him in the yeah. end of the second season. Because mm-hmm. that whole, I mean... Okay, so Todd starts joining an improv troupe, but at first, yes. he's looking for a place to belong, and he sees a sign for Scientology, and he's like, hmm, and then somebody from an improv group is like, oh, hey, do you want to join our group? And it's obviously a cult, but yeah. they just, they kept winking at that, like, you know, BoJack Horseman saying, oh, yeah, I read all about um, the improv groups when I was a Scientologist, not that Scientology is a cult. I want to make sure we're talking about improv. I'm like, <laughs> they're they so like testing. It's oh, like, yeah. what you going to do? What you going to do? Huh? huh? Is, yep. Yep. Oh, God, it's hilarious. Have they had Todd's ring phone, ringtone yet? I, I don't sure think so. That I'm not going to tell you what it is because every time it happens, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know who plays Todd, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. Shoot. Jesse from Breaking from, Bad. Breaking Bad. Yes. I just love the fact this is like a polar opposite character. And it just, at first, when they introduce him, you just think he's just this dumbass, this freeloader and everything. You want to talk about the good-natured heart of the show. A lot of times I think that's Todd. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that... He keeps trying to reach out to Bojack, and Bojack isn't interested. And he talks about making Bojack pancakes and how that was such a good day, and we had so much fun, and Bojack doesn't remember. And then when Bojack is rescuing him from the improv troupe, and the improv troupe is saying, isn't this Bojack, the guy that torched your rock opera? Isn't Doesn't he always say mean things to you? And Bojack is sitting there, and he's like, hash browns. It wasn't pancakes. It was hash browns. And he remembers the whole thing. And I'm just like, I can't believe this is so heartwarming. And they're talking about throwing up hash browns in a pool. It's just (laughs) so sweet. And that is another thing. That's one of the things that I wrote down when Todd realizes that Bojack had led him astray and torched his rock opera. There's this whole thing where all the signs have been in his face the entire time that Bojack did this to him. And then you've got Todd and it's something like, that means that Margot Martindale likes tapes and tapes are sticky and sometimes they're used them to seal boxes and boxes are what cereal comes in. What does it all mean? Am I grasping at straws? Wait, straws are used to drink water. And he just goes around this whole thing, but does actually get around to the point that Bojack made him lose his rock opera from a video game tape. Yeah, he gets around to that, but there is no logical way that he reaches that conclusion. None. He just he, None whatsoever. Totally random. <laughs> Wonderful to watch. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Good. It's... I know it's going to be hard hitting, man. I just I keep coming back to that bit with him visiting Carol at uh, Charlotte and him screwing oh, up boy. that badly. I was literally watching that scene between my fingers. I was like, oh yeah. god, oh god, oh god. Yeah, and it just kept getting worse every <sighs> time. But oh man, yeah. Okay, we'll discuss this more when you watch more. I think, especially after season three and four, you're going to have some stuff you want to talk about. I'm sure. So the only other thing we got to talk about is the most recent two episodes of Laura Olympus. Which I forgot to read it last week. So this week I was like, oh, great. I've got two in a row I can read. And they were both about Minth. And yes, yeah. it is interesting to see her history and see how she first met Hades. 
However, there's, oh. there's other storylines I want to know stuff about. Yeah. And of course, the commenters are saying the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of commenters who are really, like, after the first week where it was all about men, they were like, this is not the story we want to hear. And then after two weeks, but then you have other people reacting to that, being like, you be nice to the author. She can write whatever she wants to write. So the commenters are kind of going at each other a little bit. Some people angry about the storyline. Other people saying the author doesn't owe you anything, which is very true. Which is true. But it was also it's very, very true. true that... I kind of want to find out what's happening with the other storyline more. I do, too. Oh, God. But, yeah, Minth is... She's kind of a screw-up, but I don't think she started out as a bad-natured screw-up. She was just... She took a job, and she had a run-in with Zeus and Poseidon and Hades. And because of that run-in, because of something that was completely inconsequential, the money that she was supposed to get paid for this gig that she was working at, they're not giving her. Because she was wearing a hat, Zeus took the hat, now the gig is saying that she stole it. And she's just like... And she goes absolutely to town. And I did love the scene where she goes charging into Hades' office and doesn't even meet a whole lot of resistance. Not as much nope. as she gives to people now that she's working in that spot. But yep. And that was exactly what Hades thought. He was like, oh, if I hired you, would you be able to keep people out of this office? And she said, yes. And his current secretary, she was like, but we don't have an opening. And you see the top of Hades' head as he's looking down at his computer. And the next panel, he's looking up. That's true. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. And she's fired. And she's fired. Yeah. Yeah. But we still... I. I'm wondering if we have one more week of the history, because even though the episode ended with Thetis pointing out that Thanatos is hanging out with Daphne, which neither Thetis nor Minth knew that, that's, so that's in the present day, we got all the way up to where Minth is working for Hades, mm-hmm. but we still haven't actually had the moment where they started dating, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if the author is going to want to get that told first. So the commenters may have to wait for one more week before Maybe. we get to the regular storyline. Maybe. Uh, the artwork is still wonderful, and Minth is just such a friggin' mess right now. I mean, she's actually yeah. sitting in the car, fretting, with tears running down her face, because she's like... We've fought before, but I've, we've never fought to the point where we were over. And she cannot believe that it's over now. And yeah. she doesn't seem to even consider the idea that she rejected him and then he found the love of his life. He's not going back to Menth ever. No, no. It's, I don't know if it's ever going to sink in. It's interesting that some of the commenters have said that they thought that the reason why we were getting all this backstory on her was that we might actually she might be on her way out. And I have been very good and not looked to see how the traditional mythological myth met her end. So I don't know how this is going to wrap up. Um, And I I try to be careful about the commenters because sometimes they can accidentally spoil things. But uh, yeah, that could be it. It may be that we're getting all this backstory so that when she does meet her fate, it means even more to us. Could be. Could be. I don't know. I know. I, I have read the mythology for how she meets her end. I'm not seeing a through line at this point yet, so okay. I don't think okay. we're that close. Okay. All right. <sighs> yeah, so far, I mean, we pretty much, the last time we saw about current events was when Leto talked to Apollo and Artemis, and then that was kind of the last current thing that we saw, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Other than Thanatos hanging out with Daphne and... Um, why now? Why exactly would Thetis and Minth be pissed off that he was hanging out with Daphne? Um, because he hadn't told them. 
possibly. Okay, and um, I think Daphne is a flower nymph, and which means she's part of Persephone's realm. So that oh. could be. And I think it. I don't know how if they know that Daphne is a friend of Persephone, but I'm mm. not sure because Daphne was sort of publicly going to be with Apollo, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think. Maybe that's what it is. They think that Apollo is going to be with Daphne, so that means that Thanatos is horning out. On but honestly, Thetis and Minth wouldn't care. No, <laughs> Just, I, you know. I think I, I. If I had to guess, I would say it's because this is happening, and he hadn't said anything. Okay, all right. <laughs> I want to say go faster, but yeah, just take your time. Do do whatever you got to do. I think she's like, she said it was two years now that this comic has been going on. Is it two I years think so. or maybe three? It might be three. Yeah. Wow. Be three. That's, that's pretty good. St- and I'm looking forward to that book. And I wish we could hear oh, some more about goodness. the cartoon. Once again, also take your time on that. As much time as you need to make it good. That's great for me. So. I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. If you haven't checked, we did put up a WandaVision fan art gallery like we said we were going to. We did indeed. So much pretty, so many pretty things. Nathan actually sent us the Armored Heart cosplay picture. I went and looked through her Instagram profile. Wow, she does a lot of good work. Yeah, yeah, she's very skilled. Yeah, really nice stuff. And apparently that WandaVision one she put up very, very quickly after the final episode, because it's WandaVision's final costume. I'm like, whoa, you put that together fast. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> nice. Anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. We will have a Night Vale episode next week. Um, yeah, it'll be um, yeah. next time we record will be after the start of April. So yeah, uh, they're yeah. going to be, I wonder if we're going to get an April 1st, an April Fool's Day episode, or do they even acknowledge that sort of thing? I'm not sure they ever have. Mm. Maybe on their Twitter feed. Their Twitter feed's fun, you guys. You should follow their Twitter feed. They always put up fun stuff. Yes, really. Anyway, I'm sure we will figure out something to talk about. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Bye.